This is the Elevate Podcast, where trial lawyers learn, share, and grow. Let's talk about how we can elevate our trial practices, law firms, and lives. And now, here are your hosts, coming to you from coast to coast, trial lawyers, Ben Gideon and Rahul Raviputi. Today's episode of the Elevate Podcast is brought to you by the Expert Institute. Check out Expert Institute's new cutting-edge feature, Expert Radar, where they track down background information about your own expert or the opposing expert, including their litigation activity, any times they've been challenged, speeches, articles, presentations, deposition transcripts, you name it. Just push the button and let them go to work tracking down all that information for you saves you time and when they find information that is helpful to you it can be a game changer for your case check them out at expertinstitute.com today's episode is also brought to you by hype legal hype legal is a digital marketing and web development firm specializing in helping the high end of the trial practice, develop great websites, great digital marketing campaigns. Give them a call, talk to Tyler or Micah over there, see what they can do for you. Finally, today's episode is brought to you by Smart Advocate. Smart Advocate is award-winning case management software used by trial lawyers all over the country to help manage the docket of cases that you have in your practice. Allows you to do everything from templates to forms to work plans saves time makes your practice more profitable and efficient check them out at smartadvocate.com so welcome to the elevate podcast i'm ben gideon we're as part of our bonus series talking to our podcast sponsors i want to invite robert ingles on the show today robert is the president and founder of Law Pods, which is the uh, company that helps us produce our show. They do a great job. It's really fortunate to find Robert. So Robert, you want to just introduce yourself? And um, one thing I noticed on your website is you describe yourself as a recovering litigator. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I was hoping to move into that direction myself, but unfortunately, I haven't gotten myself into recovery yet. I hear that a lot. It's a, it's a hard addiction to break. Well, Ben, I appreciate you having me, man. It's been a lot of fun working on the show together. And anytime somebody puts a microphone in my face and wants to ask me questions, I'm always here for it. So yeah, I'm Robert Ingalls. I spent almost seven years in law. I, I thought it's what I wanted to do with my life. I went to law school. That was way harder than I thought it was going to be. And then um, started practicing and I did criminal defense for a couple of years, but turns out I did not have the constitution for it. Kind of kept me up at night. Some of the things I was doing, it just didn't really jive with me. I didn't have a word for it at the time because um, I grew up in an area that didn't really talk about mental health, but I had some severe anxiety and law just didn't jive with it very well. I did some general litigation for a couple of years to try to stay involved because I do, I mean, this is trial lawyer podcast. I love trial. I miss it. It's the only thing I miss is, is actually getting in trial. I do a lot of public speaking, but there's nothing that I've found yet that gives you the feeling that you get from a good trial. So I'll say, um, yeah, that's that's the one thing I miss. Anybody wants me to come sit second chair um, and do some cross examination, I'm happy to. Every once in a while, I'll scratch that itch. 
because I am still, uh, I'm still an attorney. I still keep my CLE up. I do a lot of teaching for it, but not to draw on forever, but I found my way from law to podcasting and it's been a really good fit. I've heard it said that 99% of success is playing the right game or is it 90%? I don't know the numbers, but I certainly found the right game. This is one that fits for me and I really enjoy it. And it turns out I'm pretty good at it too. How did you first learn about podcasting? Did you start by listening to some shows that you liked? It's a newer genre. Well, as I'm apt to do, I'll start that with a story. And it really started, I mean, I can really trace it back to one moment. My wife walked in while I was packing for vacation and said, I want to have a baby. And I said, when? And she said, now. I'm like, now? And she said, well, I took my temperature and I think now is good. And see, this, uh, this kind of caught me off guard because we'd only been married a few months. And when we got married, it was like, maybe we will, maybe we won't. And so this was kind of coming at me pretty hard because when we got married, it was tomorrow guy's problem. And all of a sudden it was today guy's problem. And I kind of had a proper freak out, mostly unbeknownst to my wife, because I was severely anxious. I was overwhelmed. I wasn't making any money like compared to what I needed. And then it was like, oh, now you're gonna have to take care of a person too. And I grew up in the eighties and I started having these, like, I started thinking back to all the movies from the eighties where it was like the lawyer, dad, banker, dad, successful, lots of money, big house. Kids resented him because he was never around. I was like, I don't want to be that person. And all of that is to say, after my little freak out, I sat down and I made a list of things that I had to get together if I was going to be somebody's dad. And at the very top of the list was money management. And so I bought a money book and I listened to it. And then it took me to another book that the same author had written. And I listened to that. And that book said, you should listen to our podcast. This is 2015. I never listened to a podcast before. So I pulled out my phone. I searched for the show. I hit play. And here we are. It captivated me. That specific show wasn't that interesting. But the very next show that I listened to just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like It was more of a mindset-focused show, which I needed. But also just the way that that medium was able to have such an impact on me. 30 days later, the microphone I'm talking to right now, I bought it with, you know, a thousand dollars worth of gear because podcasting just hit me. And I was like, this is brilliant. I love it. I want to do it. And it started in my law office. I started a podcast out of my law office. I found it very hard to talk about law. And so then I broke it off and then other lawyers in town started seeing me do it. And they said, Hey, can you help me do this? Sure. I, I knew a little bit more than the next guy. So I helped them do it. And then just one decision after another, and it, it turned into a, a viable business that allowed me to leave my law career. Well, that's really, really interesting. I became aware of podcasts when I was looking for information to try to enhance my career and improve my trial techniques and strategies. And I found some that I really liked. And then when I made the transition from my last firm to start this new firm, I started listening to a lot of podcasts on growing your law firm or launching a law firm. And it, it really is amazing how you can develop this really intimate feeling or connection with a show or the uh, host of a show, even though there's somebody you've never met. And I found myself reaching out to these people. So for instance, the firm that does our marketing now is somebody who hosts a podcast and I found it to be a very valuable resource. And I reached out to him personally and eventually hired them to do our marketing. But what do you think it is about the podcast as a medium that has that powerful impact on people? Well, I think you definitely hit the nail on the head for one of them is it's intimate. Like you're whispering in someone's ear. You're just having a conversation with them. 
and you're providing them valuable information on their time. And people really enjoy that because podcasting does what no other form of marketing has really been able to do. That's sell you time. It allows you, instead of saying, hey, stop and read this. Hey, stop and watch this. It says, no, 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 no. Whatever you're about to do, let me come along with you. If you're going to walk the dog, if you're going to go to the gym, drive to work, anything. And that is really helpful for people. But on the other side of that, everything is there. Everything. That's what blew me away is you can type in almost anything into your podcast app and there's a show about it. At one point, I don't know if the show's still going, but there was a show in Vancouver about some dudes who would go around to ice cream shops and eat ice cream and talk about it. And like people were listening to it. Like I think it was called Rain City Scoop. Like you can have a show and as long as you have enough listeners to make it worth your while, which isn't that high of a number depending on how you're monetizing your show, it ends up being very worthwhile. And then you hit on something just a moment ago that is a huge reason that people podcast is the network effect. You were listening to a podcast. Someone was giving you valuable information and now you hired them because they were giving you that information. You felt like you got to know them a little bit, that know, like, and trust. That's a big thing with podcasts. It allows somebody to come into your world, get to know you a little bit, hopefully like you, start to trust you. And then when you finally have that first conversation with them, about the product or service that you offer, they are already in your world. They already understand the benefits. And more importantly, they already like you. And so that first conversation goes a lot easier. And we hear that from our clients as well. They'll say, sometimes people will sit down at the table across from them. And the moment they open their mouth, like the person will say something about it. They're like, I already knew exactly what you sounded like because they've listened to the podcast. Like they were going through like a real nasty separation. And they listened to like 10 episodes to help them get their head around what was about to happen. And so they felt like they knew this person. They knew their sense of humor and they had a really good feeling for that person. And so they had greased the wheels for them to go ahead and go on this journey together. I mean, I could talk a long time about what I think the benefits are, but it's just, it's a beautiful medium. What in your view makes for a good podcast? Because there are so many out there and I will start some and, you know, get five or 10 minutes into an episode and just realize this isn't for me. I don't connect with the host or it seems stilted, a little bit boring. One reason I wanted to do my own was because I thought there was opportunity for improvement over some of the other ones in the same trial genre. Some of them were great. I, I really enjoy them. Others I found were a lot of chest thumping and bragging, but not really diving deep into issues that I cared about. But what, in your view, makes for a, a good podcast and I guess maybe particularly in the legal space? Well, I'll say you did, you hit it again, boring, is, is one of the things that makes them bad. That is a real problem that I see, especially in law, you know, as lawyers are apt to do, they will script everything they're going to say and they will just read it. And it makes it so difficult to listen to. And it's, one of the things I try to work with them on specifically, because on the flip side, you know, people say, well, how do I not be boring? How do I not make my lawyers boring? And there's a number of ways to do that. We came up with a mindset exercise that we do with lawyers. And I mean, we do this with regional PI firms to some of the biggest AM law firms in the world. And we call it cocktail party podcast. And it's very much a mindset exercise where we take them through the idea of, you know, this isn't, don't think about this as a marketing piece. Don't think about this as something you're sitting down and pressing record on. Think about this as a conversation you're having with a friend about something you're deeply passionate about and other people just happen to be listening. You walk into a networking event. 
go to the bar, grab a cocktail, you see someone in the corner that, you know, one of your colleagues and some new legislation came out today and you have opinions on it, right? And so you walk over, you start talking, you're excited, you're gesticulating, your voice is rising, other people start to lean in, they start to listen. That is what makes a podcast interesting. When the people on the podcast genuinely care about what they're talking about and they have passion for it, you can hear it. They're talking about something, they're excited about something, and they have rapport. They're not just going down an outline trying to hit points. They're not saying, well, now we have to go, what do you think about this, Ben? That's boring. And, and that's not what people really want to be engaged by. And another thing that can really ratchet that up and keep it engaging is telling stories. Be personal. Personal stories are always very effective because that's a really strong way to ratchet up that no like trust. You're bringing them into your world. You're being engaging with them, but you're also having common ground with them. They go, I also play golf, whatever. This thing has also happened to me. They start to feel like they know you a little bit. And those two things right there, we could spend an eight-hour show talking about really diving into these techniques. But those two things alone are going to make your podcast much more interesting, is get a co-host you can rap with that equally enjoys what it is you talk about that can keep the conversation going. Because if it's just information dump, which I've heard, I mean, I spend a lot of my time auditing podcasts in the legal field, and you could hide a body in some of those. Because there's a lot of, honestly, there's a lot of good information. But it's, it's like that CLE that you go to where it's six hours long and the guys in the front of the room just monotone talking about the thing. I mean, you get your hours for being there, but I don't know what you got. I don't know what you picked up out of it because it's terrible. And that's what a number of podcasts start to suffer from. And I think we see that because podcasting is exploding. It's still cool. It, it still has that hip factor to it. But it's also consumer behavior shifting. People want to get information this way. And I think a lot of people have just decided it's better to have a mediocre podcast than to not have one at all. And I think the opposite, because not that I don't want people launching shows, I do, because I think it's great marketing medium, but it's also, if I listen to a show from someone that I feel like is half-assed or, or, or just not interesting, unlikely to ever come back. You know, someone would have to be like, no, trust me, it's actually super good now. Or if they launched another initiative, I'm unlikely to listen to that because they've already shown me that they're not that interesting. So that's not to say if you have one that's not interesting now, you shouldn't pivot on it and figure out ways to make it better. I mean, I think that's life in general. Always be looking for ways to be better than you were yesterday. But that's kind of my short answer for, for what I think can make a podcast really good. Can you talk a minute about what the opportunities in the space are? You mentioned that podcasting has really taken off, and I've seen some data on the number of people that listen to podcasts, but the projections for future, where do you think all this is heading? I mean, I think it's going to be at a point where if somebody shows up on your website and you don't have some audio material for them to feel like they can get answer some questions and get to know you, that it's going to be weird. It's kind of like showing up and you're not having a website or not having any blog material at all. Nothing to answer their questions. Uh, people are starting to expect that. And I think that it's going to continue to go in that direction. With Google's entry into the market in 2018, which was on my birthday, like manna from heaven, they announced Google Podcast. This was about six months after I started my company. And they came into the market and essentially, as much as Google can come right out and say something, they came right out and said, this is, this is, gonna, this is important for SEO. Having this RSS feed on your website and content that people want to engage with now is going to matter. But the long-term of voice, I think, 
I think it's going to be really big. And that's not just because I want it to be. The idea of people having, you know, Alexa in their rooms and Google Home and Apple HomeKit, everything is voice now. Everything is voice activated. And even right now, if you ask one of your voice activated devices, like find a lawyer near me. And it's it's only going to have a certain number that it's going to be able to give back to you right this second. And those are valuable because if you only get one, two or three back, you're probably going to call one of those one, two or three, right? You don't have that opportunity to scroll down the page. And because some people just, they're like, I'm not going to look at whatever these things, ads are at the top, whatever. And they're going to keep scrolling. They might click the second or the third one because they're that kind of person. Like you lose that opportunity. And then when we move farther to somebody asking a specific question, I just got a DWI. What do I do? How much is a lawyer going to pay to be the voice that comes right back? And says, you know, here's a short blurb. And then you could say, do you want to call this lawyer? Do you want to listen to more about this? Something like that. That is going to be immensely valuable. And that is where it looks like we're headed. We're headed to a place where voice is going to start mattering significantly more than it even does right now. And I think we're in that place where it went from being a bright, shiny object, which is what most people kind of saw it as. And it went to, okay, this is this has utility. This is something that we should maybe really focus on, but there's still a lot of opportunity for lawyers who'd love to show up late to the game to say, well, that's not right for us. You don't understand us. We are different. We don't need a website. We get all of our stuff through referrals, right? The Yellow Pages is working out great for us. And obviously that was very silly. Website's immensely important. It's like, it's like not having a storefront for a physical goods store to not have a website now. You were talking about looking at the graphs, and that's one of the things, whenever I give presentations, I always show those graphs. Familiarity. When I started in uh, podcasting, less than 50% of people in the United States would even know what the word meant when you said it out loud. Now we're like around 80%, which is crazy to me because that's 20% of people that we still, still don't even know what it is. And then ever listened is up, up, up. What I really like, though, every single year is weekly listenership. Those are the people who are actively engaged. That's not ever listen. That's somebody who has made it a part of their habit now. And we're almost at a third of people in the United States are weekly listeners to podcasts. That it's a staircase. Every single year it's going up. And, and so it's, it's gone from this kind of cool thing where you could like listen to true crime, you know, serial, you could listen to your comedians, to a valuable way to get information Self-improvement's a really big one in the podcast space now. There's just, you can get almost anything you want. And it's gone from just a free thing to now being part of commerce. Like Apple has included it now for subscriptions. You can do Patreon if you want to for subscriptions. You can have private feeds where people are now paying you for the information that you're giving. So this is, it's growing in a re- and changing in a really cool way. And I feel, feel really fortunate to be where I am while this is happening Early on in my career, one of my clients asked me, like, how did you know that this was going to happen? And that's when it was like still not where it is now. And I said, I mean, I was like, well, it looked like something was going on. But at the same time, there's always something going on somewhere. And it was just I found something I like doing. I found something I thought was really cool that made me want to get up and do it, whether I was getting paid or not. And I wasn't getting paid for a really long time. And it just was that intersection of doing something I really thought was cool and that the market also valued and was growing at the same time. We'd like to thank the sponsors of the Elevate podcast, Steno. Steno is a court reporting service offering court reporting all over the United States 
The great feature of Steno, among others, is that they offer the ability to defer payment for court reporting services until the end of your case, which means you can enhance your cash flow as a plaintiff's lawyer since you're not getting paid until the case resolves, allowing you to the freedom to take as many depositions as you want and you need in order to prove your case. Check them out at steno.com. We're also sponsored today by Law Pods. Law Pods is a service that helps lawyers create podcasts like the very podcast you're listening to right now. Law Pods is our producer, all of the great content and production quality for the show, which is terrific, is done by Law Pods. If you have an idea for a podcast or just want to run something by them, check them out at lawpods.com. Give them a call and see what they can do to help you. That's really cool. You probably know most of our listeners are trial lawyers of some shape or size um, all over the country. For folks in that group who may be interested in starting their own podcast, adding to that those uh, points of light out there with different shows and different information. What do you see as opportunities there? What are you seeing in the trial law, law space that's worked well? And if they wanted your help, what, what kind of advice would you be looking to give them? Sure. I love the trial lawyer space. When we started our firm or our company, we were really angling for big law and we captured a lot of firms there. And we enjoy working with them, but we had a few regional PI firms. And then over the last year, we've gained a number of PI firms. We, um, and working with them has shown us the, the real opportunity there. There's so much opportunity for trial lawyers to do it. A, SEO. Every injury firms are always spending on SEO. It's just, it's part of the game. You have to do it. And at the end of the day, we are a basically a podcast content marketing agency. We're making content. And there is such a good intersection between SEO and what we do because you're already spending those SEO dollars. And now you're taking the podcast content and just dumping it on to SEO. You're really capitalizing on your existing spend. And we know what people are searching when they find you. We know what your keywords are. We know what people are searching to find your competitors. And when we start talking strategy, that's what we want to do. We want to really be thinking, what are people searching? Let's make content around that. Let's make episodes that speak directly to that. You've already got full blogs, full of every question anybody has ever asked. And now this is an opportunity to build on that, to go even further. We work with um, Matt Dolman in Clearwater, and he's doing an excellent job there. He has one of the best blogs out there. And he's now taking that the extra mile and using, creating episodes around all of the things that people want to know with audio. And if you're personable, it's an excellent opportunity because people get an opportunity like, this is your trial lawyer. You're going to go on a journey together with this person that could last a really long time. And it's really important, I think, to get to know that person. And this gives them an opportunity to feel like they get to know you. And we know if somebody comes in to the office and they leave again because they're like, well, I need to think about it. The odds of them coming back are a lot lower, right? And, and so anything we can do to get them into that no like trust place faster is really good. So it's great for that SEO angle, but it's also really great to start to groom that client, to get to know them, to develop that relationship with them where they feel like they kind of know you a little bit. And we'll go back to earlier. It's a great networking opportunity. 
It's a great way to bring on trial lawyers from around the country to boost your brand, to bring in experts, to have access then to their, because they're going to, if you're doing something really cool and you bring them on and you create some marketing content around that, you create full length videos with branding, little snippets of them saying things that are outstanding that they can share on social media that has your branding on it. People are going to share that stuff into their feeds. And so now you're getting all of that branding basically free inside their feeds. And if you can get people who have big followings, now you're really growing that ability to show up in front of people. And from a networking perspective, I, I say this when I give talks, but if you were to call up somebody, you know, CFO of a multinational company, whatever, and say, hey, I'd love to talk to you for 30 minutes next week if you have a quick second. And if that's the end of that email, it's probably going to go without a response. But if you follow it up with like on my branded firm podcast where we speak to the most successful CFOs in the world, yada, 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 here's five other episodes with people that you know because they're successful CFOs. And that person's coming on your podcast now. They're coming on because you've given them something of value. You've given them your platform. You've given them an opportunity to spread their message. And then they're going to see all of the different things that you're doing and how well produced your podcast is. And they're going to want to be involved in it. So now you're bringing someone on, you're making a relationship with that contact, turning them potentially into a referral source. Um, and depending on the type of law you practice, potentially a client. And there's all of that opportunity to, to grow that show. And, you know, as far as like what we do for people is we really, our value prop is you do the talking, we do the rest. You know, we're going to advise you on strategy, but at the end of the day, you show up, you talk, you hang up, you're done. We set up everything. We set up your calendar to book virtually. We set up your studio where you can just add your guest email when you book and everybody gets an email link. They show up, they show up on a platform like you and I are talking right now. And then once they hang up on the call, they're done. We're going to edit it. We're going to mix it with professional voice actors, intros, outro, soundtracks, make it sound really good. Cut out the ums, uhs, awkward pauses, anything Obviously, trial lawyers don't need as much work on that, right? But we're going to clean it up, make it sound tight, make it sound good. You know exactly how well that works. And then we're going to write show notes with SEO in mind, long form transcripts with links throughout the transcript. We're going to make those marketing assets, little video snippets, quote images, things you can share on social media. Because when we drop a link on social media, no one really sees that because links are bad for social media. They, don't, they want eyes on the platform. So we create content to market the podcast that people will actually see, people actually engage with those images, those videos with captions on them that they can interact with without even touching them. And then we create full length videos for YouTube. They're optimized with keywords and chapters, things that are going to help them show up a little bit more in search results. You also take those and embed them back on your website with the show notes and the transcripts. So it's a, I mean, it's just so much more content in a fraction of the time by just showing up and talking. Yeah, I can definitely vouch for that. It's been really great working with you and your company. It's pretty seamless and we're obviously very busy and uh, takes the burden off of us to deal with that. And uh, it's been great. So Robert, I really appreciate your coming on and talking about podcasting and, and your company and um, look forward to continuing to work with you guys. Folks want to work with you or get in touch. How do they do that? lawpods.com. That's a place you can go check out a little bit about what we do, some of the people that we do it for. If you want to get in contact with me directly, Robert at lawpods. And then uh, social media, just everything's lawpods. You type in lawpods, you'll find us. That's a great name too. Thanks. Thanks so much. I, I got to give a shout out to Harrison Lord for helping me develop that. He's a uh, Charlotte litigator who's fantastic. So thanks, Harrison. Nice. Thank you. 
For more information about today's guests and the topics discussed on the show, please visit our website at www.elevate.net. That's E-L-A-W-B-A-T-E.net, where you'll find guest profiles and show notes, and you can continue the conversation by joining our Facebook group. And if you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you'll subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review. So for now, keep on working to elevate your trial law practice, and we'll see you back again soon.